0: The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and backroads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, and happy birthday, Elvis Presley. We are going to celebrate in this episode the king of rock and roll, and we're going to do it in a bit different way today. We all love the music and we all love the films of Elvis Presley. This is about, the. you already know the who, who is Elvis, but the what, the when, and the settings themselves of the films of Elvis Presley. This is going to be a good time, and we're going to be talking very shortly with Corey Cooper, who is internationally recognized as an expert on all things Elvis. First, however, I need to pay some respect and just s- express my gratitude. This really caught a lot of us by surprise, including producer Eric Breider and myself, and uh, uh, Becky and Thomas rep the co-founders of American Road Magazine. We did not know this was being tracked independently. Feedspot.com has a team of over 25 experts whose mission is to discover and rank the most popular blogs, podcasts, and YouTube channels in several categories. At the end of 2020, Feedspot updated their survey of the top 20 road trip podcasts. Guess what? American Road Trip Talk finished the year at number one. Many thanks to the pros at Feedspot.com for the honor. And to you, our loyal listeners, there is no way we could have done it without you. Okay, let's get down to some Elvis business here. Renowned Elvis Presley historian Corey Cooper joins us. He's a noted authority on the life, the music, and yes, even the films of Elvis Presley, all things Elvis. Corey regularly contributes to books, radio shows, movies, and television projects. And for the second time, he's going to be our honored guest on American Road Trip Talk. Corey Cooper, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Gary. Nice to be back with you.
0: We are delighted to have you. And when we set up this interview, I thought let's do something a little bit different to celebrate Elvis's birthday. And we got talking about the films. And you know, Corey, when I asked you that question, I did not even know how many films Elvis Presley made that he starred in, Elvis feature films. How many did he make anyway?
1: He made 31, 31 uh, feature films and two like on the road documentary style productions.
0: And he was... He was very much enamored of the movie, some say even more so than music. This is interesting, Corey. You've read the book, obviously, but I just found this out the other day. In Peter Goralnik's book, Last Train to Memphis, The Rise of Elvis Presley, we read that Colonel Tom Parker persistently lobbied the William Morris Agency, the President Abe Lastvogel, to give Elvis a screen test so he could star in a movie, given he had shown an interest in movies before music. That's from an article that was written for the Daily Express in the UK by journalist Jenny Desborough, And I'm thinking, wow, competing interests on the biggest scale, music, yes, but also films in the mind of this brilliant and charismatic young man. What dreams he must have held in mind.
1: Yeah exactly and uh, and Elvis's first movie in fact they uh, they wanted to uh capitalize on the fact that the song Love Me Tender was out so Elvis's first movie was titled Love Me Tender but the original name was going to be called The Reno Brothers but since he had the single out hey why not let's call it Love Me Tender and it worked
0: I understand that the soundtrack for that the LP soundtrack for that movie did very well so this became a catalyst for another 3 movies Shortly thereafter.
1: Yeah, and then uh... you know, then it kind of went into the, the the form of the kind of movies there throughout the '60s, and Elvis kind of didn't do any live performing for about eight years, but he did about three movies a year, and uh... but there's there's a lot of good ones in there.
0: Oh, definitely, and you know, Corey, that that causes me to think in terms because we are a road trip podcast, you know, the words getting out there. (laughs) And we are thinking that for today, it might be good to focus on those films where the setting itself is integral to the story of the film. I guess there are some Elvis films you could have in no particular place or just about anywhere. But in certain cases, they picked Places, settings where they would highlight Elvis's presence and the story of the film itself.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think no better where to start with that would be, of course, uh, the movie that happened at the World's Fair, which was filmed right there, partly in Seattle and, of course, on, on a studio lot as well in Hollywood. But there's a lot of great uh, areas there in the Seattle area where it was filmed. You know, the Space Needle, the, the, the Seattle World's Fair... Uh, the Seattle Center. I mean, monorail system. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of neat areas where they did film there, and uh, and and you know, there was about 10 million people that visited that World's Fair, and uh, I'm sure a lot of them came trying to see a glimpse of Elvis.
0: Well, yes, and the film when it came out. Well, I've got it written down here. This is from uh, the unimpeachable font Wikipedia, on which I rely quite often. It happened at the World's Fair as a 1963 American musical film starring Elvis Presley as a crop-dusting pilot. It was filmed in Seattle, Washington, site of the Century 21 Exposition, also known as the Seattle World's Fair of 1962. The governor of Washington, this is interesting, the governor of Washington at the time, Albert Rossellini, suggested the setting to Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer executives. And the film made $2.25 million at the box office. And Corey, $2.25 million back in the day with some real money.
1: Yeah, could you imagine that? I mean, what was it back then to go see a movie? Maybe, what, 25 cents, 50 cents?
0: Yes, I grew up in Southern California. I uh, threw 50 cents down many a time to get a ticket, particularly the matinees. <laughs> and the Seattle Theater. Can you imagine those theaters in Seattle? And the drive-ins, which people could could attend, go have a wonderful time seeing Elvis at the place where the world's fair had just recently happened. And of course there was a celebration of the success of the fair and it just highlights itself in this film. It fits so neatly in as a setting for Elvis to do his thing. As a matter of fact, the theatrical release poster, I took a look at this. It says Elvis swinging higher than the space needle with the gals, the songs at the famous world's fair. So there's a setup,
1: boy. That's for sure. You know, and you know what's great about the Elvis movies that I always get a kick out of. First of all, if you're an Elvis fan, you know I, I know sometimes you know the, the critics kind of pan a lot of the Elvis movies, but if you're an Elvis fan, they're fantastic. You know, you get to see your favorite guy, your favorite star. It's Elvis. You know, he's up on the screen. He's singing. He's smiling. He's dancing away. He always gets the girl. You know, it's a fun time. And you know, Elvis was the biggest selling artist, not only of music but every one of his movies made a profit he never had a bomb they all made money for the studios and he was the highest paid actor of the 60s i mean how can you go wrong
0: this is a good time to ask cory who was the was it colonel parker himself who was the brains behind these movie ventures because they tended to go in one uh adventure some direction where It's Seattle, it's Las Vegas, it's Hawaii, it's New Orleans. There seemed to be a lot of thought going into where they were going to place Elvis to make the movie in the first place.
1: Well, you know, they kind of got on this formula. And so they just, there was a travelogue with Elvis all over the place, you know. And they they knew that, you know, the sure thing in Hollywood was an Elvis movie. They all knew it was going to be a hit. They all knew it was going to make a profit. The sad thing is, it would have been great if if Elvis could have got a lot more deeper dramatic scripts and, and movies that he wanted to do. But you know that sadly kind of never really happened after the the first two or three movies he did. And you know, but these guys would make the movies, the directors, producers. They would take the profits from an Elvis movie, and then they would go make a higher, bigger budgeted movie with an all star cast. And sadly, Elvis kind of got left in the dust there. But like I said, he was still Rock rocking Hollywood for, throughout the 60s with all these movies.
0: And all the energy that must have taken, the creative energy and the high-rise confidence to go with. It happened at the World's Fair. Uh, I admit I'm partial because I lived for two decades in Seattle, so that is my favorite Elvis film. And yet I don't have it on DVD, so there's a sin of omission. I have to make sure to pick that up. And it's still available, of course, as are all of Elvis's films, 31 of them. When we talk about the places where Elvis filmed Elvis was here right before there was it happened at the World's Fair and then the Las Vegas film the Hawaii films there was New Orleans and a film that I think that showed Elvis's acting chops in a way that was yes sensational but there there was a demonstration of his ability to carry a story and not simply sing some songs and they throw some dialogue in around it and that's King Creole that was quite a film
1: yeah, that was a fantastic movie, you know, and, and Elvis also, you know, he got granted a, a deferment uh, from being, uh, going into the military to make sure that they could finish that movie. And King Crow was actually Elvis's favorite movie of himself that he did. And, and like you said, you could really see his acting chops. He, he did great with that. And, you know, what a great cast, too. I mean, Walter was in it, Dean Jagger, Vic Morrow. I mean, what a a great movie. And uh, you could really see where Elvis could have gone if he would have got a lot more dramatic-type scripts like with King Creel.
0: He really did yearn for that. I I watched a documentary before. It was news to me at the time that Elvis Presley thought he could do... that he could do more difficult roles, that he had that innate ability. And few people I've ever heard talk about that aspect of Elvis Presley would disagree with that. They saw... Uh, footage that had been cut, for example, from Jailhouse Rock, where he's being uh, punished in this case. You know, right? Very difficult warden. It was a he was in a tough spot there, and yet coming through was this dramatic tension and energy where people were blown away. Like, where did this come from?
1: Yeah, and boy, it, you know, he he was just ready to go for these kind of scripts. And I, I wish that Colonel Parker would have got more form because, you know, Elvis's favorite actors at the time, you know, were. James Dean and Marlon Brando. And, you know, he styled his hair after Tony Curtis because he liked that dark hair look. And, you know, man, if he could have just got some more scripts like that, who, who knows where this all could have went for him.
0: We're forever going to wonder about that. So we're focused here on the places where Elvis made films. And there's Hawaii. Now, did he do two films in Hawaii?
1: He did three. He did three, three movies wow. in Hawaii. Yeah. And Hawaii, you know, and, and Hawaii as we've talked before, was one of Elvis's favorite spots, vacation spots, everything. Yeah, he did three movies there. Of course, he did Blue Hawaii, which was in 1961, and then he did uh, Paradise Hawaiian Style in 64 and Girls, Girls, Girls in 1962. So he did three out of his 31 movies there in Hawaii. And also a favorite vacation spot of Elvis. Elvis's last vacation in March of 77 was right there in Hawaii. And of course, too, he did the... uh, live via satellite show in january of 73 that went out to over a billion and a half people worldwide it was just a fantastic show just elvis at just the absolute peak of everything
0: and i think this is a good time to mention though you will have far more details than me cory but as part of being a hawaiian icon here's a kid from tupelo mississippi settled in memphis with his family went on to superstardom And yet the Hawaiians absolutely loved him as much as we did, but it's like they claimed him as one of their own. And he reciprocated the love by being involved in the foundation of the Pearl Harbor Memorial, the USS Arizona Memorial. He had a lot to do with getting that off the ground.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of an unknown story sometimes because uh, that's exactly it. The the state uh, parks department uh, was running out of funding to get the U.S. U.S.S. Arizona Memorial in Pearl Harbor finished. So Elvis, of course, being the giving person he was, went over and did a a couple of concerts at Block Arena in 1961 and donated all those proceeds from the show to make sure that that memorial could be built. And uh, Elvis uh, buying like the first 50 tickets himself and giving them out to kids that were at a, a local hospital there so they could all attend the show.
0: Oh, that's wonderful when elvis was in hawaii do you know if he managed to go i mean he was at the beach but did, did he go to other places where you could be there and with the proper security measures and and formalities involved nevertheless you could actually see and possibly meet elvis
1: well uh some of the times elvis would you could i mean it depended on if you know where he was i mean he used to uh rent a private residence that was on the the beach with a you know a private beach and view of the ocean and you know, it'd be a little hard to, to get into there, but, you know, he did stay at the Hilton Hawaiian Village from time to time as well, uh, you know, especially during the concert years and when he was filming the movie. So, you know, and, and Elvis did go out and do things when he was there. So, I mean, you, you could have you caught a glimpse of Elvis if you were there at the time.
0: And then when, uh, when it neared the end of his life, he was in Hawaii, did, is that where he went directly back to Graceland before his passing?
1: Yeah, he spent about a week in Hawaii. stayed at a private residence, and and uh, yeah, and then he he went back and uh, was getting ready for more tours. And uh, sadly, just a few months later, he he left us.
0: And before all of that, there was another place that became synonymous with Elvis whenever he was in town. And this is a place where I've lived, and that the iconography of Elvis Presley endures and all the memories, the celebration of Elvis. And that is Las Vegas. He had a a performing arts center. Apparently they built it there. I think it was at the Las Vegas Hilton, was it not?
1: Yeah, well, it started out called the uh, International Hotel, and then the Hilton Corporation bought it out uh, a couple years later in 1971. But uh, Elvis, yeah, that's where Elvis spent two months a year, Throughout the late '60s into uh, about a year before he passed away,
0: that makes me curious, Cory. He made that wonderful film. I mean, it's just a hoot, really, and romantic at the same time. It's fun to watch. Viva Las Vegas. What was the connection between the trajectory of Elvis's career and him showing up in Las Vegas? Which, to be honest, let's let's look at it factually. Many people go to Las Vegas not in the heart of their career but to extend their career and they take up these residencies at various famous hotel casinos and their career thus continues that's been true of many many people what was the situation with elvis before and after he made viva las vegas because he was going up like a rocket all the time it seemed despite the presence of the beatles and the the british invasion elvis was always going to be a great sell
1: well, absolutely. What you know, and what happened with Las Vegas and Elvis is that uh, in the fifties, Elvis uh, first went to Vegas for a tour. But he was, you know, he was he was well known, but not you know at the peak of his career. And the crowds were a little indifferent to him, and uh, he, he went and played at the the New Frontier Hotel, and it didn't go so well. So after that, Elvis didn't. Uh, he he would go back to Vegas, of course, to film Viva Las Vegas in 1964, and he would go there on on vacations. But he didn't perform anything in Las Vegas again from 1957 until 1969, and uh, it, so and then it just you know Elvis was like again one of the first people to kind of have that residency, you know, and he had a summer session and, and a winter session where he spent four weeks at a time doing two and sometimes three shows a night at the. Oh Las Vegas really. Film. Can you imagine
0: three shows a night, Elvis?
1: Yeah, and and one of those shows he used to do sometimes would be like 3 a.m., and he would have a show like that because he wanted to make sure that all the fans could attend and people that worked on the 24-hour schedule in the casinos, he wanted to make sure that they could come and see his show. So can you imagine that? The most famous entertainer in the world, and he's doing up to three shows a night in Vegas. That's crazy. I mean, none of these people are doing that
0: now. that speaks so well for him too because having lived in las vegas and talked to some people in the entertainment industry to do a show at three in the morning in las vegas was something that stars with far less luminescence that an elvis presley simply wouldn't do they said what are you crazy and elvis actually seems to have been proactive about it he wanted to do that
1: yeah he loved it he loved that that vibe and that energy from those live crowds you know, and that showroom was a big showroom. It it's sat over 2,000 people, and they, of course, would bust the limits of uh, the fire marshal to get people in there. And, uh, yeah, can you imagine that, though? And, and what a star-studded crowd. I mean, there was always somebody famous coming to see Elvis in Vegas. I mean, of all places. I mean, the, the entertainment capital of the world.
0: Oh, absolutely. Let's turn to the movie itself, Viva Las Vegas. Anne-Margaret. And uh no, we don't need a spoiler alert. Watch the movie. It's wonderful. And there is, accordingly, this or that place in Las Vegas, which, oh, Elvis was there. This is where they filmed part of that movie. And I'm thinking in particular, there was a scene at a wedding chapel that I believe still remains in Las Vegas, though they moved the location.
1: That's correct. Yeah. And it's funny, a uh, little chapel of the West is at the end of the movie. That's where Elvis marries Anne Margaret. And... uh And funny enough, when my wife and I got married, guess where we got married? And I didn't even know that at the time. Here I am, the Elvis expert. I didn't even realize that was the actual place where Elvis marries Anne-Margaret.
0: And that is one of those places that people wanted to preserve no matter what. I think they moved it across the road from its original location. And it created this, this... Elvis phenomenon that went beyond the man's life, beyond the music, beyond the films. I mean, skydiving Elvi in Las Vegas. What? And yet this is the sort of thing that continues to be a part of his legacy.
1: And it so does. I mean, you know, when you think of Las Vegas, of course, you think entertainment, gambling, sports, the casinos, but you know, you think of Elvis, you think of the Rat Pack, you think of just 24 hour nonstop entertainment, I mean, what a place, you know, it's only fitting that Elvis would end up there.
0: Oh, most definitely, and continues to be a presence. Uh, He is glorified there as elsewhere. I wanted to ask you, and, and you educated me on the phone, I'd love it if you would share with the listeners. Now, Elvis Presley was known not to travel outside North America, and you have a pretty good idea of why. But how would that affect his movie career? He made a film did he not that was called Fun in Acapulco. So was Elvis in Acapulco?
1: Yeah, and he wasn't. They there was a there was a double. They did some exterior B-shots and uh but Elvis did not in fact travel to to film that. Um that you know there was he was he stayed in Hollywood and did his shots there, but uh, yeah, Elvis elvis didn't you know other than when he was in the the army you know elvis didn't travel outside of the united states he he did a handful of shows in canada in the in the 50s and that was it and that was all because of his manager colonel tom parker was an illegal dutch immigrant who didn't have a passport that was part of the reasons why elvis never did any touring outside the united states
0: and when we talk about north america we refer to the united states bordered by Canada to the North, Mexico to the South, but the politics are different. The immigration rules were different for a long time. You need a passport today if you're gonna go from America into Canada, and right now we're not permitted because of the COVID pandemic, but when that ends and it's safe to travel there, you will need a passport and you need a passport to Mexico. But at that time, if I understand correctly, Colonel Tom Parker could show up if he wished traveling across this undefended border which was long celebrated by the United States and Canada alike. A different story if you were going to go into Mexico.
1: Yeah, and and oddly enough, um, the year that Elvis passed away, they were actually were working on a European tour. Uh, Charles Stone, that worked with Roadshows, which was the the company that promoted Elvis's tours, they were working on a European tour, but sadly Elvis passed
0: away. So 31 films await anyone who wishes to enjoy Elvis in that medium. Uh, from the Washington Post, as we finish the piece about the movies, here's a quote from a Washington Post article about Elvis's films. Elvis starred in 31 feature films and two theatrically released concert documentaries. In almost all of these movies, Elvis sings a lot. <laughs> well, that states it nicely. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, the music worked its way in there. I also uh, mentioned in touting this show that there would be other sightings of Elvis, and we have about a couple of minutes here, Corey, That when we talk about places where Elvis was encountered, and I'm sure some of those are historically marked now as well they should be, but if you were in Memphis and you didn't get to meet Elvis at Graceland, you might be around town. Let's say you're car shopping. There are these wonderful legendary stories about Elvis and they appear to be factual and not legendary really where he would go and out of his generosity and to see people smile and be happy, he would buy them a Cadillac. Where did this happen around Memphis?
1: Yeah. I mean, Elvis was so known his generosity and that was absolutely Cadillacs. You know, there's, there's a documentary out called 200 Cadillacs that's uh, about the, the number of Cadillacs that it was uh, thought that Elvis had bought during his lifetime And, of course, most of those he gave away. And he'll go down to a local dealership there in Memphis and just say, I want this, this, and this. And one time he went on a a 14-car buying spree. Uh, A lady happened to be walking by looking at one of the Cadillacs. This is a great story. And Elvis said, well, you know, you can't have that one, ma'am, because I just bought it, but I can get you another one. And this lady's like, what? Totally dumbfounded. He buys her a Cadillac. Then he hands her a check for $500 and says, You have a new car, you got to go get a new wardrobe as well. And this was somebody walking by.
0: Elvis Presley, one of a kind in more ways than one, just an incredible legend, and we celebrate his birthday today. This is great stuff. And there will be other places we can talk about where there were Elvis sightings there, Corey. So the next time you're on, let's go spelunking and see if we can't find those places that are historically marked. I know one breakfast spot where Elvis had breakfast here in Sarasota, Florida, where I reside. That is definitely worth visiting. I think somebody ought to put together a book if they haven't already about those sightings and the places that Elvis set foot in and made it instantly famous if it wasn't already Corey, thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate your time, and we abundantly appreciate your knowledge of and love for Elvis Presley, the man, and what he meant to the world. Great to have you with us.
1: Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Eric. And uh, people, sit back, put on an Elvis movie, and then enjoy what, have, what would have been Elvis's 86th birthday.
0: Great way to do it. Thank you, Corey. Now let's hear from the folks at Alert Drops.
2: Hi everybody, this is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you're studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops, a simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe.
1: Dr. Sanjay Gupta brings you health tips for a better life Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., 8 a.m., and 5 p.m. right here on
0: KKNW. Thanks for tuning into American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American road.